Well, hello again, friends. My name is Pastor Milo, and it's good to have you here with us together today. We're going to start this morning by opening God's Word. If you've got a copy of God's Word with you this morning, we're in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and we're going to begin, we're going to stand and read today's passage together. So if you're using the black uh, Bibles in front of you, there in your pew, uh, it's page 1239. So if you can get there together with us this morning, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, let's stand together and uh, we're going to read through our whole passage uh, together this morning. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, beginning in verse 23. Let's read together. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Brothers and sisters, pray for us. Greet all God's people with a holy kiss. I charge you before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers and sisters. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for your word. Lord, we pray that it would speak to us this morning, that it would encourage us. We thank you for this book of 1 Thessalonians, the way that it has been very applicable to our lives today, just as all of your word is. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much. Well, as we've already uh, noted this morning, it is graduation week around here. Uh, if someone is listening to the podcast this morning, or if you're here from out of town, uh, most places in the country are well beyond this date, but we prefer to wait till the very last week of June uh, to get our graduation ceremonies out of the way. And so uh, just driving down Main Street yesterday, uh, early in the morning, there was tons of families lined up for an opportunity uh, to be able to walk and save their seat six hours later uh, for the graduation ceremony there in front of Williamsville South. And uh, the rain held off from what I understand. It was just a really neat ceremony there uh, in the front of the school where they do it. I always think it's a neat way to do it there. But man, people line up early. Do you remember graduation? Do you remember anything about that day? Pretty exciting day. You remember how hot it was? Do you remember that Guys, you have to wear a tie. Ladies, you have to wear a dress. Uh, my daughter's already worried about that. Then when she graduates, she's, will I really have to wear a dress? Yes. Yes, you really will. And um, so some of you, if you think back to graduation week, the week leading into graduation, some of you were at the top of your class. You were the valedictorian. You were the salutatorian. You were the cream of the crop. If you happen to be one of those people, would you raise your hand? Yeah, maybe. We got a couple? Okay, so the, the top, cream, <laughs> homeschoolers don't count, okay guys? <laughs> well done, though, well done, that was nice, okay. So you were the top of the class. Everybody knew that you were at the top of the class, and your big stress was that you might have to walk onto the stage and make an introduction to a speaker, or maybe you were the valedictorian and you had to give a speech. But the week leading to graduation, there's this whole other group of people who are not at the top tier of the class. They are at the bubble tier of the class, right? Where they are not sure when they take that last test as to whether or not they are going to be able to walk across the stage with the rest of the class. I've got a family member who was one of those 
bubble boy people. You know, he was right on the edge. And so uh, that last week of school, he took his exams and turned out he cheated on one of his exams and got caught uh, cheating on the exams. He thought that was going to help him get through, but then he got caught and he got busted. And if you were ever in this situation, there might have been a very merciful teacher or guidance counselor or principal or someone who looked at your body of work and said, I think we're going to just let them graduate. So what mercy is, is not getting what you deserve. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. You've heard that before, perhaps. In high school, I got out of high school just fine. Many of you know uh, part of my story was getting into the Marine Corps as a Marine Corps bandsman, played saxophone in the Armed Forces School of Music was where you went to for school. I'd gotten through military boot camp, I'd gotten through military uh, combat training, and now I was in the school that I had taken the audition for before ever going into the military that I was supposed to be this great musician. Well, it turns out that I was a big fish in a little pond, and I wasn't nearly as good as I thought that I was. And so I got through most of the school, and I got to the final exam, and when the final exam, the final audition happened, this, this, there's a certain score that you have to get on a 4.0 scale to get out of the school. But the military, you, you've signed your name. They have you, whether or not you graduate as a musician, you are going to shoot a rifle at something. And so uh, I took the final exam, and I didn't get the grade. I, I, I was below the grade. And, and what ended up happening was now I was going to be shipped out as an a, uh, open contract, a 0000, which means you fill in the blanks, whatever they want you to be. And, and, and what I thought that I was going into the military to serve as is suddenly wide open. And there was a merciful commander that allowed me to come back, take a second audition 24 hours before the rest of my class would graduate and let me have another stab at it. There's no way in 24 hours I went from being awful and not passing, not graduating, to being okay enough to get through the school. Someone was merciful enough to allow me the opportunity to see what would happen out in the field in the military band. I got through by the skin of my teeth, and, uh, and then I continued through the band and through my four years in the military band by the skin of my teeth. I was definitely the bubble uh, when it came to that. So those of you who know what that looks like and knows what that, know what that feels like to be on the bubble, to be on the edge, you have to realize that that understanding of mercy and that understanding of grace is what we each have as believers. And the reality is, is that we will never be able to cross that gap. In Romans chapter 3, verses 22 through 24, it says, there's no difference between a Jew and a Gentile. For what? For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by his what? His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. We were all falling short of the grade, falling short of the mark, falling short of what it was going to take to be holy before a holy God. And we would never be able to do that, would it not be for we are justified freely by his grace through what? The redemption that came through Christ Jesus. This morning, if you have your bulletin, there's a white sheet of paper there to help you through the outline of where I'm headed this morning. 
And uh, so that white sheet of paper, you'll see the, the text that we're in today, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, beginning in 23. But you'll see this statement that talks about uh, where we're headed today. We need to realize that Christians, Christians recognize that the world is broken and incomplete, falling far short of the glory God intended at the dawn of creation. As Christ is making us whole, God's Spirit works through us to bring wholeness to others. Last year, last fall, we made a, a quick trip through the Bible. Long story short, we started in Genesis and made our way all the way to Revelation. And if you were with us in that series, or if you've read God's Word at all, you know that God created things perfectly. And then one man, Adam, humankind, came along and messed things up. And so sin entered the world. And so God's perfect creation was no longer perfect because of you and because of me. And through one man, Romans chapter 5 tells us, through one man, God corrected the problem. He, he created an option for us, redemption through Christ Jesus. He created an option for us because of Jesus dying on the cross for our sins. The world is broken. The world is incomplete. The world falls far short of what God intended for it to be. But Christ makes us whole, and God's Spirit works us through us to bring wholeness to others. We started this series uh, just a few weeks ago. Uh, to be honest, it was 12 weeks ago. It was uh, Easter Sunday. Do you remember Easter Sunday? Were you awake? Were you here Easter Sunday with us? Uh, Easter Sunday, we started this sermon series. And we asked the question, we asked, uh, how many of you feel like sometimes it might be a little too late? I shared a story uh, that Sunday about a neighborhood kid who was riding his bike and crashed into the side of a vehicle. And after doing that, he made a big dent in the side of the truck. And then I watched him get up and out of his front yard, pick up his helmet and put it on before going in to tell his dad what had happened. It's a little bit too late. And how many of you may be here this morning feeling like it's a little bit too late. You've worked that job for a little bit too long. You've been in this argument for a few too many years. Your marriage is a little bit past the point of no return. Maybe you came this morning and said, it's a little bit too late for me. And as we started this sermon series, we were reminded that in the world that Jesus Christ entered, it is never too late. Resurrection Sunday is all about the fact that it was way too late. Jesus was dead. Jesus was buried. Jesus was crucified. And yet, he rose from the dead. And yet, he rescues you and me in God's design. It is never, never too late. That is the good news. That is why he died. That was why he rose again to bring to you and to me a life change that happens for the rest of your life and for all eternity. And so when we started this sermon series, we started with this statement, and it's a fill-in for you again uh, today. Here is the statement. The gospel transforms lives, and the church makes impact when it proclaims the gospel. The gospel transforms lives, and the church makes impact when it, the gospel is proclaimed. Will you turn back just a couple of pages? It's probably only two pages for you to the first chapter of 1 Thessalonians 1. First chapter of 1 Thessalonians. And this is where we started this series. 
Paul, Silas, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace, circle it, highlight it, star it. Grace and peace to you. We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. Remember before our God and our Father your work produced by, underline, faith, your labor prompted by, underline, love, and your endurance inspired by, underline, hope, in our Lord Jesus Christ. Faith, love, and hope. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel, circle that, mark that down, came to you not simply with words, but also with what? With power for the Holy Spirit, uh, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how well we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia, Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. If you were with us that morning, we just highlighted the gospel ringing out uh, from this place. Uh, graduation ceremonies would not be complete without a yearbook. And so many of you know what this is right here. This is our church's latest and greatest yearbook. This is the 150-year celebration yearbook. How many of you were here when this was handed out for that celebration in 1976? Raise your hand. Okay, there's a few of you. Did you guys autograph it for each other? You know, good luck in all of your future endeavors. Uh, we had a really great time in... Mr. Simonetti's class or whatever it was there. Uh, in, in the front page or the in, inside cover of this, it says this, and we talked about this that Easter Sunday. In 1861, a committee of three rough and ready firemen, that's what our fire department here down the street is called. Uh, what I didn't realize when I read this that Easter Sunday, they're named. John Coe, Peter Fawcett, and John Snyder requested permission to ring the church bell for fires. It was given, but where the bell was taken later, no one knows. The bell was taken away. This was in 1861, and if you know John Snyder, John Coe, or Peter Fawcett, go find them because they took the church bell. <laughs> That's what it says here, right? In 1878, a new bell was purchased, commissioned, and formed for the church on Cayuga Road. The inscription read, let him that heareth say Come. And that is still what is inscribed on our bell. Now it's been moved here to the bell tower that we have right here, still calling people to worship. Uh, wouldn't you believe that this verse and the Lord's message rang out for you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but in western New York, Williamsville, Buffalo, this region. The message continues to ring out. And so as we look at that, we look at our church yearbook and we get to celebrate a few things. What is the message that we want to ring? Uh, this, this gospel, this, uh, this, this whole epistle that's been laid out here for us has been all about what the church is able to demonstrate. Uh, the book of 1 Thessalonians is uh, most likely the first thing written down in all of the New Testament. Paul is writing this letter even before the gospels are all marked out and written out. And so this is the very early renditions for what is the church to be doing with this new way of thinking. What are Christians to be doing? And so as we come to a closure for this book, there's a send-off for us here of what Paul wants to remind us. 
So let his message ring as a fill-in for you this morning. Let his message ring and ring out. Let the bell toll. Let the word go out. But what will it be that we are saying? Let his message ring the whole gospel. The whole gospel. Verse 23 starts this. May God himself, or some of your translations may say, now may God himself. Now may God himself, meaning that now that the case has been built, now that the letter has been written, now that you've read this much, make this conclusion that God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. Let his message ring the whole gospel. We read last week and we looked at the, the verse there that says, hold firm to the gospel, just a verse ahead. Encourage each other to hold firm. Every day long, as long as it's called today, we should hold firm. We're gonna have to fight to hold firm to what is true and we're going to have to fight to let go of what is false and what is evil. Fight to hold on, fight to let go, hold on to what is good and reject every kind of evil. Now this morning, when you hear, hear the words, the gospel, you may start to glaze over a little bit. You start to yawn, perhaps, because you've, you've heard this before. I've, I've been in this class already. I've already got the gospel merit badge. And you're trying to figure out, what does this have to do with my life today? Tim Keller says this, and you've heard me say it before, and I think it's one of the most powerful statements I've heard in modern words to be able to say the gospel is not the ABCs of Christianity. It is the A to Zs of Christianity. The gospel is not the ABCs. It's not the starting point. It is the full spectrum of who we are as believers. It is the whole gospel. We are to be ringing out the whole gospel. And how do we do that? Well, the God of peace here, it says, will sanctify you. Now, that's a large term that we use probably only in the church world and not much else. But to understand that word, we have to understand that that is a deep clean, a deep cleansing, a deep purification of all aspects, our whole aspect of our life. Uh, this time of year, each year, 4th of July was always the date at our family's house that we wanted to open up. Uh, it was at my grandmother's house, but the family pool. We wanted to be able to open that up by the 4th of July every year. Raise your hand this morning if you own a pool and your pool is already open for business. All right, there's a few of you, okay. So if you own a pool and your pool's open for business, well, ours was a concrete pool. Uh, it's no secret, I've told you I grew up on a farm. It was built out of a cement silo casing that was then taken apart and rebuilt into a cement pool. And so each year that pool had to be entirely washed down, scrubbed down, and repainted, whitewashed and repainted so that it would stay sealed. That was my job each year as a young teenager. That was my job to get the pool open. If we wanted to go swimming in the pool and have clean blue water to be able to swim in, that we we're going to have to scrub the thing down, repaint it every year all the time. Well, if you go there now, the pool still exists there at the family farm. The pool still exists there at the family barn, but it has not been cleaned in some 18 to 20 years. So a pond or a, a creek, like they get dirty, they get messy, but there's still water coming and going out of those bodies of water. This is a pool that has been stagnant 
for 18 years. So if you see a picture of it, I wish I had brought one with me this morning. I forgot to do that. But there's stuff growing all around it. If, if you didn't know there was a pool in the center of this debacle, uh, that kids had ever jumped into this water, like it is a nasty, nasty place with a fence around it. And it looks like something where a nuclear site would have erupted sooner or later. Now, if I asked you and invited you to go for a dip in the pool, you would have a problem with that. And you should, because you would be a, a chemical biohazard from the rest of your life from this point forward. Now, what would have to happen? There would have to be a deep cleansing clean. The whole thing would have to be pumped out. Every bit of wildlife that has started to add itself to the infrastructure there would have to be removed. It would all have to be pulled out. It would have to be painted. It would have to be sealed. It would have to be started over. Now, somehow, 18 years, the thing is still holding water. I don't understand that one, but it's still got water in it. And so that part of it is working, and, but nothing has come or gone in all that time. It is a foul place. Let this be a reminder to you, if that illustration does anything for you, that your heart is a vile place without God's sanctification, the God of peace sanctifying our hearts, cleansing it deeply, that God himself is pouring himself into you and for me. At the root, at the base, understand that as believers, God plans for you and I to be just like Jesus. That God wants your life and mine to look exactly like his perfect and holy son. And on our very best day, we've got a cesspool in our hearts. But he continues to work and to clean and to sanctify and it is God's work, it says here, the God of peace will be the one to do it. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. Let his message ring the whole gospel. Second fill-in, let his message ring the whole gospel for the whole person. For the whole person. Continuing on through the verse, may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The whole person will be blameless, will be perfect, will be cleansed, will be whiter than snow before the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, to define these a little bit, because there are some misunderstandings at times, the body is what you can interact with with your five senses, the sight, hearing, taste, smell, and touch. It's what we know. It's what we feel pain through. It's what we understand hurt, and we understand all of what we see around us is through this lens called the body. And so we interact with the world around us with the body. But it is incomplete to be able to say that that is our whole self. There's more to it than that. And Scripture gives us that. The body is also uh, included the soul. It's a part of us that covers our will, our affections, our thoughts. It's a part of us that connects with other human beings. It's the part of you that makes you you. If you've got children, you know that that child, before they could even speak, had this personality that was them. It, it was, that, and nothing could take that. It's who they were, and they were different than your other kids. And if you've got one or two or five or seven kids, each one of them is uniquely and wonderfully made and disgusting. 
It's what makes us us. And because of that, that's how we interact and connect with other human beings here on the planet. That's how we get to know one another. That's how we get to realize the things that we enjoy and the things that we don't enjoy and the things that we want and the things that we don't want. All that social interaction, we talk about our social networks and things like that, you know as well as I do that's incomplete without there being some type of human interaction. That is our soul connecting to someone else's soul. But there's this third component, the spirit. You see, the spirit is the part of us that connects us to God. It's the part that connects us as God covers matters and we read through things like this in Scripture that talk about faith and trust and worship and so on. The Spirit is this innermost part of our being that we don't really have any control over and yet it connects us to something bigger and greater than anything and anyone in this room. That is the Spirit, our Spirit, the Holy Spirit speaking into us and through us. Body, soul, and spirit. Let his message ring the whole gospel for the whole person. You see that God's plan for us, if it is for us to be like Jesus, then it would be God's perfection that will do it. Underline the word blameless or circle it, star it. <coughs> if we're going to be blameless before a holy God, if we're going to be perfect before a holy God, God is going to have to be the one to do that. And he's going to do a deep dive, full cleanse, body, soul, and spirit. Let his message ring the whole gospel for the whole person through whole churches. Verse 24 says, the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. 25, brothers and sisters, pray for us. For our church to be whole, the one who calls you is faithful. It's, it's the plural version of you. He, he calls you. He calls y'all. He says he's, he's calling out to you, and he says, I will be faithful to you, and I will do it. He's the one who is calling to us. And then he, furthermore, he goes on to say, brothers and sisters. This is part of the family. This is who God is speaking to here. He says, I want to make you whole. I want the church to be whole. See, God is promising us that we will be like Jesus, but he will be faithful to his saints. The very people who are reading this text are in incredible persecution, intense persecution. They are finding that each day as they go out that they may lose their lives for the sake of calling his name. And in doing so, continuing through that, he is, he's encouraging them to be able to say, be faithful because God is going to finish what he started. Do you need to hear that this morning, brother, sister? When you look at the world around you and you are confused by what you see and you struggle with some of the things that are being promoted and some of the things that are being battled over in our public arena right now, as you look at that, you need to understand and be reminded that God will finish what he started. He's begun a good work in you and in me, and he will be the one to finish it. Brothers and sisters, he says, please pray for us. Pray for us. See, Paul understands that God's still at work in his own heart. He has not arrived. He's not figured this out. That God would still need to cleanse and purify him as well, this daily process of sanctification uh, is going to need to occur in his heart as well. 
And so how would that happen? Well, it says first we greet all God's people with a holy kiss. Did anyone get a holy kiss this morning? You can practice that on the way out today, okay? It's a greeting for one another, of, of friends who love one another, who, friends who care for one another, other cultures that aren't as standoffish maybe as we are as a people, that this is a common practice to be able to say, I love you, I care for you, you're part of the family, and there's a kiss on each other's cheek. God provides for us to be like Jesus by doing this. We will pray for one another. Friends, are you praying for one another? Are you praying for your fellow believers in, in this congregation, in this place located here in Williamsville, 630 on Main Street, Williamsville, New York? Are you praying for the believers here? Are you pr- praying for the believers that are here in Western New York that are serving at City Hall in Buffalo, New York? Are you praying for those believers that they would be able to articulate their faith in a public forum in a way that would be seen not as bigotry, but seen as godly? seen as a a place that they can carry themselves with their head high. Are you praying for that person? Are you praying for those who are leaders in our business world, that, that the boundaries of states and countries and nations no longer, it's a global economy, and we have people even in here in our congregation that are going back and forth to all of these different places. Are you praying for them? We have prayer. We have love. You see the love here of the Apostle Paul for his church, for his people, for brothers and sisters, he says, for the children of the church. Is he going to demonstrate that with this holy kiss, this family type of atmosphere? Are you loving to your fellow congregation in the same way? We have the word. I charge you before the Lord to have this letter read aloud. Are you reading God's word? Are you connecting to that? Because a whole church, a holy, whole church is going to know and understand and be connected to God's word intensely, regularly, be able to dialogue back and forth. What is it that has been read aloud today? What is it that's been read aloud this week? And then he says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And as we stated in the beginning, we do not do any of these things in our own strength. It is by God's grace that we are saved. It is by God's grace that we are here together today. It's by God's grace that you did not get hit by a car when you were traveling here this morning. It is by God's grace that that illness that has been plaguing you and your family and your family members, by God's grace that you can still be able to hold your head high with joy because he is continuing to work in your heart and in your life. It's by God's grace that you look out again at this political climate and be able to understand God has a bigger plan than what you and I can see right now in front of our face. Let his message ring the whole gospel for the whole person through whole churches. The band's going to come up and we'll close in just a few moments here. But it is our desire as a church to reach the whole community. I hope you understand that. 
the whole community, the whole community being what's here located right here in Williamsville, New York. That's our local community, but also reaching the whole community is a global mandate for us to go into all the world preaching and teaching the gospel so that every man, woman, and child would know and believe who Jesus Christ is. That is the mandate that we have before us. If we're going to reach the whole community, if we're going to let the message ring, if the bell's going to toll from this place and out of our congregation, and as we send off from this book, if the bell's going to toll and the message is going to ring, it's going to have to ring the whole gospel. That means that God's glorious work of redemption in Christ, as far as anything that we can even get our minds around when we try to frame it, we understand it's bigger than that, far more than we can ask or imagine, it says in Ephesians chapter 3. If our understanding of the gospel is too narrow, then we limit what God is going to do. But in that, we cut ourselves off from seeing what other churches and other people and how God is working in other ways. That's the power of the full gospel in motion. Let his message ring the whole gospel for the whole person. A holistic ministry views people through God's eyes, a creation formed by God. So if we think about that, then we have to think about context and places that we've never been before and think about situations we've never been in before. I was talking to one of our families here this morning about uh, their struggles with foster care. And when you realize uh, only, it only takes one or two or three decisions to get yourself into a position where foster care has to be introduced and by, by realizing that, saying that could, I, I'm three decisions away, three bad decisions away from my entire family being snatched out from under me. And so this family fosters because of that. And they don't have to look anymore with eyes of cruelty or eyes that, that are judgmental, but just say, you know what? I could be in that same situation today. And so looking at that, we look through eyes that say, if we're going to serve the whole person we're going to serve our community and serve the people that are in our community. We've got to have our eyes open to body, soul, and spirit. The marvelous creation bought by Christ, destined for eternity. Let his message ring the whole gospel for the whole person through whole churches. Holistic ministry takes place in a holistic congregation, meaning we are thinking about the entire community, that whole church would be involved in this process. Where disciples of Christ live out their faith and their salvation in loving fellowship one with another. Building a healthy church and reaching out beyond the church are not in opposition with each other. Let me say that again. Us having a healthy church and fellowshipping and enjoying one another's company is not in opposition to going out. They are the same. They are the same. You cannot be a disciple of Christ who does not evangelize. You cannot be evangelistic without being a disciple and discipler. This is what God has called us to be as the church. When the church functions rightly as the body of Christ, it serves as the head, the hands, the heart of Christ. So as this chapter closes, as we close this series and look forward for what God has for us. Don't miss the fact that we are at a critical point in our lives. Critical point for our nation, a critical point for our community, but I think most specifically, maybe most importantly for you this morning, it is a critical moment for you regardless of what happens around us. 
Are you willing to let God's message ring out in you holistically, top to bottom, all the way through that says Jesus is going to be what I talk about, what is going to ooze out of me in every opportunity that I have. If you're here this morning and what I'm talking about is foreign because Jesus has not entered your heart and your soul, then you are in the right place because we bring a story of hope as the first Thessalonians chapter one, verse one speaks to as it begins that chapter, it says we have faith and love and hope because of Jesus Christ. And it's not too late. And you're not too far gone. And it's not too foreign and too far away that God cannot reach you, that God cannot speak to your heart this morning. So let me read these verses one more time for you today. As a closing, it's a message paraphrase to kind of get an idea of what really Paul's heart was for us this morning. And I pray that you would be challenged that today is a day of decision. May God himself, the God who made everything holy and whole, make you holy and whole. May he put you together, your spirit, your soul, and your body, and keep you fit for the coming of our master, Jesus Christ. The one who called you is completely dependable. If he said it, he will do it. Friends, keep up your prayers for us. Greet all the followers of Jesus there with a holy embrace and make sure that this letter gets read to all the brothers and sisters. Don't leave anyone out. And then may the amazing grace of Jesus Christ be with you. Lord, we thank you and praise you for your word. Lord, we pray that in the midst of all that we hear around us, Lord, that let, let the message ring out from our hearts and our lives. Let the bell toll this morning and this week and in these times to follow, Lord, that, that, Lord, we are wholly and completely yours. Lord, let us listen to your voice as sheep who hear their master's voice. Lord, we listen for it this morning. And let that be the words that we share. Let that be the things that we want to talk about. Lord, let us communicate your love, your faith, and your hope in ways that are tangible and real and encourage the whole community to pursue you. We love you, Lord, and praise you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Ushers, if you'll come forward this morning at the end of our service, uh, our band will play. So ushers, come forward. It's an opportunity for you to give. But it's also an opportunity to respond to what God is speaking in your heart. If today is a moment of decision for you, would you please write something down on the connection card? Write your name. Write some way for us to be able to follow up with you because a dialogue is important for us this morning. A conversation is important for us. God is speaking to you. Let us also be able to pray for you and encourage you in what God has been saying. And so, Lord, we thank you for our tithes, our offerings, Lord, our response to your word. Lord, we pray that you would bless all of those who respond in this very tangible and practical way. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.